Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. We've been using this book of Mary O'Malley's, What's in the Way is the Way, and her theory that we're going to expand upon today is that really all of the evidence, all of the intelligence, everything that we need is here all the time. The solution to life is what presents itself to us. So I don't know that we've actually done the best job of describing the title of the book, What's in the Way is the Way. This is at the very heart of her thesis, and that is the very problems that present themselves to us are the means by which the invitation comes to move through them gracefully and powerfully. And today I want to talk about, well, unfortunately, I'm going to be talking about some of those negative, painful even, uncomfortable issues that do confront us. But I want to do so in a way to illustrate why they are the very teaching avenues that are open to us, and also why we don't need to be afraid of them. My observation is that when we become uncomfortable, our natural reaction is avoidance. Our natural reaction is to back away from the pain or the discomfort. And when I say pain, uh, of course, physical pain, yes, but emotional pain, uh, the pain of loss, all, all of the things that present themselves and weigh us down or, or confine us or, or make our heart feel feel heavier. All of those things are actually an invitation to do something more with them rather than to back away with them, try to circumvent them. And so I, I'm afraid today's talk, although you know me, you're going to get a joke and we'll have a laugh or two, but today's talk, we're going to try to face these issues head on. And in the book, she talks in particular about several different key obstacles or uh, several different key pain points or areas of discomfort that are common among peoples no matter where they are. First of all, there's compulsion. You know, many of us, of course, are lifelong members of 12-step programs, and you might think that's what she means by talking about compulsions, but Everyone on the planet has compulsions. It's not just addiction. Anytime we seem driven, almost a, a little bit out of our control to uh, whether it's overeat or comfort ourselves with alcohol, and, and I don't mean being a drunk or, or needing to go to Overeaters Anonymous, but anytime that we feel that, that compulsion to not face what's in front of us and sort of self-medicate, gosh, we can do that with binge TV watching on Netflix, you name it. There are any number of uh, what I would think of as the minor compulsions out there, and yet all of them are forms of escapism. Now this month we've we've talked about the idea of being inquisitive, of using our curiosity, and there is a grand place to use it. Like, why am I what am I trying to avoid here? Why, why did I find myself with a whole weekend lost to Game of Thrones? Why, why, why did I find myself completely with a, a week that's void because I was out partying? What, what, what am I avoiding here? 
Well, and then, of course, then what happens the, the next day or the next time you go, why did I do that? Why did I waste that time? Why do, why do I have the hangover? Why do I feel bloated and terrible or whatever it is, right? It's not, it's not like that as a solution is actually useful, right? Because then there's the time following it when you wish you hadn't have done it, when you, when you wish you would have used your time or your energy or whatever it is more productively. So, so we know from the get-go that, that that idea of a compulsion isn't actually useful. might make you feel better for about 20 minutes, and, and then the reality of it sinks in. So what about, though, if we use this, again, our idea of curiosity? What is it that I'm avoiding? Why does the, the craving for, for donuts or sweets seem so strong right now? What's going on in my head that, that wants to substitute this, this thing that seems almost irresistible? Why am I being drawn into that instead of, and what's the instead of? And just be gentle with yourself, right? Uh, this can bring up emotions. This can bring up the past. Ask yourself, when, when did this particular compulsion first start raising its head in my life? What was going on? Was there some reason that I turned to this to avoid something else? if you think about it, the actual tools are here at your disposal if you're willing to ask it some questions. The second area that she says is so important are, well, you can guess what they are. They're issues with people. How many here have never had a problem with someone in their life that was really heartbreaking and troublesome? Yeah, I, I, if anyone was going to raise their hand, I was going to see you afterwards, and, and, and we talk about truth versus fiction. We have, all, we have all had really nightmare scenarios with other people, as well as just difficult situations. And again, our, our urge is to back away, or move away, or, or banish them from our lives, and for literal safety's sake, sometimes that is important, but it brings up the larger issue of how can a relationship actually be educational for me? What is the lesson, if you will? What is here to be healed in me? There are very few people on the planet that somehow represent 100% negativity. Almost everyone that we encounter, even if they're not people that we get along with, they get along with other people, right? So it is that combination of you and them that's creating this upset, that's creating this trouble, that's creating the clouds over the sunshine in your life. And again, the questions can be so healing. Why do I feel this way about this person? Does this person remind me of someone or something from my past? Is this person perhaps bringing up something that, that I don't really want to look at in myself? Does it remind me of some of my own failures? Does it remind me of some of the things that I see lacking in myself and just made plain? Usually when we are in the midst of a troublesome argument or a troublesome relationship, what comes up is normally anger. And anger, again, is one of those masking kind of things. It, it allows us to feel outraged. You know, I'm the one that's been wrong. How dare this person behave that way? And it invites us just to sidestep 
the whole issue of what's going on in us. So could we just be curious about what's going on? Why is this affecting me so much? What is it in me that feels the opposite of what's going on with them? Is it real? Is it something that really does need to be worked on? And if so, of course we can work on it with the person, but, but ultimately what needs to happen in me to not be affected in such an emotional way, right? What, what's that old saying? Well, yes, I pressed your buttons, but I didn't install them. Do you, do you remember that one? It's one that I ask myself whenever I feel that, that someone is pressing my buttons. And I, I do have a couple of buttons. Those of you who know me know there are a couple ways that you can probably get me turning red pretty fast. But at least these days I ask myself, oh, wait a minute. Here I am back there again. Right? It's like I know the button. I absolutely know the button, and I can almost smile when someone presses it because I've asked myself some questions about it. And so now it's like hearing a, an old song that I don't like, but I can still say, well, it's just a song. It doesn't define who I am. It's something that I recognize in myself, and I even know where it comes from, right? All through the ability to go inward and ask yourself, a few questions. Another topic that can be very painful for people are money issues. Have you known folks, and perhaps you're one of them, where it seems like there's never quite enough money, and when there isn't quite enough money, it brings up ideas of, well, well maybe I'm not good enough to deserve enough money. Maybe I'm not talented enough. Maybe I'm not qualified enough to get jobs or to be in the world in a way that money flows more easily to me. Maybe I'm not good with money. Maybe there's never enough money to go around, right? Now, this would be a line of negative questioning, but instead, let us consider the idea of positive curiosity. What am I feeling about this financial situation right now? Is there a message here for me? What are the beliefs that are swirling around in my head that make me think I don't deserve to have the good life? Is it a fear of not being enough or not being supported? Do you see the signposts are right there? It, it's, it's funny, we, we often in the science of mind uh, enjoy dwelling on the more positive aspects of abundance, but a real positive signpost is your own pocketbook. It's your own financial statement. If it's not what you wish it would be, there's a message there for you. And often, again, it isn't so much what's going on the outside of life as your own trust in your decision-making processes. I make good decisions that create a life of luxury for me. I know that there's plenty to go around on this planet and I deserve the best. Sometimes we have to be led into that pasture of infinite possibilities by the very negative aspects of our own life that exists. Money is a big one. The last one I want to talk about today, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on, is pain and illness. 
And I would say these can be great motivators. Let me do a joke here about motivation. A mom and dad were worried about their son not wanting to learn math at the school he was in. He just never seemed motivated to do his homework, to learn his lessons. In the end, they decided to send him to a Catholic school well known for mathematics instruction. Well, after the first day of school, their son comes racing into the house, goes straight into his room, slams the door shut. They're a little bit curious and a little bit worried. Eventually, they go to his room to see if he's okay. They find him sitting at his desk, poring over his math studies. Well, the boy keeps doing this week upon week, and at the end of the year, the son brings home a report card, gives it to its parents, an A-plus in math. They're so happy, but also a little surprised. What changed your mind about learning math? What's the motivation? Well, on the first day when I walked into the classroom, I saw a guy nailed to the plus sign at the back of the room. I knew right away these people meant business. So could it be that some of the things we fear some of the negativity in our life actually can be a positive motivation. Rather than avoiding it, could we use pain, even physical pain and discomfort, as a way of moving through what truly is going on in our lives? So illness and pain, it's the body telling you to pay attention to it. Illness can open the door to great healing. Physical and mental discomfort can open the door to greater awareness and great healing. Um, some of you know I'm, I'm a big fan of the late Louise Hay. And, and this is a book, I think I've bought maybe 20 copies of this over the years and, and always given it away to people that, that were struggling a bit with aches and pains and difficulties in their body. And, and it recently I, I did kind of a body scan and I was noticing that, oh my gosh, my shoulders really for about three weeks now have been in particularly tight. And so I started by asking myself some questions. So, so what's going on up here? And I was trying to listen to my body and my body was the first phrase that just popped into my head, sort of a, a crazy metaphor, was the weight of the world. And as soon as that flashed into my head, I thought, oh my God, the world right now does feel weighty. Now, it doesn't mean, of course, that I think I need to, to, to shoulder that burden, right? <laughs> Do you see how all the metaphors were adding up in my head, even as I was thinking through it? But I'm thinking that on some level, yes, I was feeling responsible for some of the affairs going on in the world. Probably unreasonably so. Certainly I have not caused a war in Ukraine. Certainly I have not caused a pandemic. I have not caused global warming. And yet, I suppose I bear some responsibility for those things, right? We are creatures of the planet. We are responsible for the planet, caring for it and nurturing it. And so, so I, I do have a shared responsibility, but I got to tell you, the weight just was feeling... I mean, I would even wake up in the morning and, and have to do this kind of thing. Like, what's going on with the shoulders? Well, I, 
I thought I would check out with Louise Hay for one thing, because uh, she always has some great wisdom, to see if she sort of agreed with me. Is this the way to the world? Is this not me not being able to accept what's going on in my life? So in the, if you're not familiar with the book, not only does it have uh, just some lovely information uh, about where disease comes from in terms of its mental source and, and, and emotional burden, well, you just look up a body part and it will tell you at least potential metaphysical meanings behind it. And so I looked up shoulders. It represents our ability to carry out the experience of life joyously. We make life a burden by our attitudes towards life. And then it goes on to say, uh, she has a little affirmation here uh, that would act as a remediation to that issue. It's, I choose to allow all my experiences to be joyous and loving. Do you see how that just so fits with what I was talking about? Uh, I may have some burden, but it doesn't need that I need to bear it in a way that brings misery, right? I can joyously go about my life. I can accept what's coming my way, own up to my part of it, but still live a joyous and free life. So today I would like to offer up this idea of a body scan with you all. And we'll see if we can do a little bit of personal healing right here in the sanctuary today. You know, I, I titled this talk The Experiential. If you've ever taken any of our classes, and, and I'm encouraging you to do so this spring, if you've ever taken one of our classes, there's the sort of educational component where we get a sort of the school book understanding of how spiritual principles work, but then there's always the experiential. There's always putting it into practice. And so today I'd like to put this chapter in the book into practice for each one of us. So if you're willing, I invite you just to close your eyes and sit comfortably. We're going to be listening to what our bodies have to tell us. It's a path towards understanding that allows our curiosity to dispel stress, anxiety, even illness. And so as we sit comfortably, I invite you to close your eyes if that's comfortable for you and just begin to feel sensations in your body. Just allow your body to speak to you. Notice if there are any pains or stiffness, tightness, or other signs of discomfort. You can start at the top of your head and work your way down. You can just notice how each body part is feeling. Or you can sit calmly and just allow your body to point out areas that are tight, sore, or uncomfortable. And so just spend a little time just noticing if there are any little messages your body would like to give you. Real common places are your neck and shoulders, your stomach. Sometimes it might appear as a numbness somewhere or a place that feels particularly tight. So let's focus on one area of discomfort. Picture this uncomfortable area of your body and just notice feelings associated with it. How would you describe this discomfort? Is it painful? Is it tight? 
Is it achy? Is it perhaps numb or stiff? Is it sore? Just think of a word or two that describes this discomfort best. This is the message that your body is trying to illustrate for you. So just be with that feeling of discomfort. Give it a name if you can. And now let's take a minute and ask your body some questions. Let's be curious about it. What can your body tell you about the source of this discomfort? Just listen and see if your body has a message for you. Just ask it, what is the source of this discomfort? Is it feelings that you have buried for a long time? Is it an echo to some past event or issue? Just allow your body to tell you about the source of this discomfort. And now let's be curious to see if there's a purpose to this discomfort. Sometimes when our body is uncomfortable or tight, it's literally trying to tell us something. It literally has a purpose in mind. It wants to give you advice or some thoughtful guidance. What can your body tell you about the purpose of this discomfort? Just listen to see if it has, has any advice for you or thoughts about it. Our bodies are really here to help us. They know that when we team up with them, all kinds of healing improvements can take place. And let's be curious about one more thing. Can your body suggest a way of moving through this discomfort, not avoiding it, not ignoring it, but moving through it? Does your body have an idea of what might help move through this? Might be something physically that you can do, like having a massage or improving your diet. It might be working through an issue in your, that's been stored up emotionally. It might require letting go of the past, but just allow your body to suggest ways of moving through this discomfort. It's more than willing to share what's going on with you through your imagination and your intuition. And then finally we ask, does your body have any other messages to give you about this situation? Just be curious about it. If your body part that's just uncomfortable right now could speak and wanted to give you a message, what would that be? Could just simply be a message of love or understanding. So let's thank our bodies for the information that they have conveyed to us. You may have not gotten a clear message, but your body is willing to try again later with more clarity and more help. And let's see if we can relax that part of our body, that part that was experiencing discomfort, just allow it to relax. 
reassure it that you're here to listen. Imagine that it's free of any stored emotions or blocked energy. You might like to picture yourself surrounded by a healing light and that the light gently permeates that area of your body, gently warming it and relaxing it. Notice how you're feeling now. Notice that you can easily listen to and comfort other areas of your body as needed. I now invite your awareness to expand into the room, and when you're ready, you can open your eyes again. So see how the power of our curiosity can really use the things that we're confronted with on a daily life to our advantage. Now, we used an extended example of using a body scan technique to see if there are messages and the ability to move through pain more easily by listening to what our body has to say. But trust me, this could be done with our finances. This could be done with people that we're having a difficult relationship with. Anything that appears as discomfort in your life, whether it's physical, emotional, or otherwise, it's there to actually help you. It's there to be the signpost towards healing. So to summarize today, we've tended to avoid discomfort. It, it's one of the things from an early age, I think, that we're trained. We're, we're trained to avoid it, to move around it, to do anything but to move closer to it. And so if we wish to successfully navigate through pain, we must approach it. We must actually move towards it. We also learned some key discomfort teachers. Those were compulsion, illness and pain, people issues, and money issues. They can all bring wisdom if you're curious about them, if you lean into them. And finally, a good place to start is your own body. And, and that will lead us into this week's homework. For those of you who have watches and cell phones, I invite you to set up three or four reminders throughout the day just to do a body scan. Just to notice if there is some area of your body that is asking for some attention, that is willing to speak to you in a way that will allow you to move forward. So I'm going to close today with a quote from the book uh, and a prayer. This is how she concludes this particular chapter. She says, The more you invite yourself to be curious, the less resistant you become to whatever you're experiencing. You'll no longer be afraid of what life may bring you because you will know that even the challenges are for you, bringing up whatever is asking for healing. Then you live life in a state of discovery, opening to the adventure itself. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. What we are exploring here is the journey of a lifetime. But what is more important than coming back to yourself, becoming yourself, and giving life the gift of being fully you? Every moment that you move towards your experience, even uncomfortable experiences, clears more of your clouds of struggle so that you can experience life to the fullest. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, only this one thing. And what I know about it, this thing itself, is that it is whole, always.
that there is no disease in God. It represents that purity of spirit where exists only life and love and abundance and joy and peace. Anything else is just clouds that we have created to obscure the sun. And so today I hold in my own heart that ability to face the troubles of life, to to stand firm in my knowledge of that meadow of all possibilities, even when something unlike it presents itself. Even when I am uncomfortable, I simply move forward to greet that uncomfortability from a place of curiosity. And as this is true for me, I know it is true for everyone. We all have that ability to look at the difficulties of life with equanimity, to know that it's not the truth of who we are, but that it's just something that we're experiencing. And so I give thanks for this. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure to have you here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.